Hey, mamas. Okay, so which one of you are ready to start a podcast? Don't raise your hand because I can't see you, but I can tell you some of the amazing things that Anchor has to offer you in terms of making a podcast. First of all, Anchor is the easiest way that you could ever record your podcast. It's free. They have tons of creation tools for you to use right from your phone or your computer. They will also help you distribute your podcast so you have to do no extra legwork. And it can be heard on places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and many other listening platforms. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need all in one place. So if you're ready to get started, go download the Anchor app for free at anchor.fm. And guess what? I can't wait to hear your podcast. I call this podcast How They See Us through basically the whole podcast. (laughs) And it's called When They See Us. But y'all know what I mean. So please excuse that mistake. I was calling it This Is Us for a while. So at least I um, progressed from that. Okay, continue listening. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Melanated Mom podcast, where we keep ourselves as individuals, but we raise creative, innovative, and independent thinkers. Can't wait to meet you on the other side. Let's go. Hey, mamas, this is a tough one. If you are not enraged and outraged, about the mistreatment of black and brown people all across this nation, you should be. I just got finished watching the recent miniseries that was released, How They See Us, on the Central Park Five, and it made my blood boil. This happened in 1989, but in 2019, we are still dealing with many of the same issues. The game is definitely fixed. There is no doubt about that. But we need to have a discussion about how to give our brown and black children the life that they deserve. Meet me on the other side. Hi, mamas. I wanted to start the podcast by saying that I usually feel somewhat organized when I'm going into recording. I usually have a pretty good list of notes and at least an order in which I want to talk about things. After finishing the miniseries today, I got nothing. And I don't say that I got nothing because there isn't lots of some things to talk about, but I got nothing in terms of I just am not organized. I'm a little scattered, um, not so scattered that I don't want to talk about the subject, but it just left me feeling like, uh, like that's the only thing I could do to describe it is say, uh, today was my first day of summer vacation and I had so many things that I had planned to do today. And after I watched it, I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm not doing any of that stuff today. That's how heavy it left me feeling. Um, the one thing that I will say, um, is that Ava DuVernay did all the black girl magic things. 
everybody who watched this miniseries had to feel like they were there. Like what she intended to do with the miniseries, she did. I felt like I was there. I felt like um, I was watching the real story. Like she put me right in the story. So I appreciate the way that she made it. But man, it just was a lot to take in. So I do understand people who are um, haven't watched it yet or who are waiting. I'm not going to like just dive into the miniseries and talk about it and spoil it for you. Because I know that it may take some time for lots of people to watch it. And actually, I probably should have took a few more days. I wanted to finish it because I wanted to talk about it. But man, it was a lot. So like I said, I don't want to really just discuss the miniseries. I just want to discuss like how it still affects us in 2019. And thinking about that miniseries and thinking about when that happened in 1989 1989, I was a freshman in high school. So it's really unbelievable to think about something happening like that back then. But I mean, if you really think about it, it's still happening now. (laughs) And it's really um, just disheartening and just sickening how our justice system or our injustice system sometimes feels like they just have to uh, bring the case to an end. And I'm not going to be here to talk uh, lawyer talk because I don't know like a super huge amount about the justice system. But what I do know is that people that look like us and brown people have been wronged too many times in the justice system. And it's just hurtful and sad to sit there and watch that especially coming from a place of having black sons. I have two sons of my own and I can't even imagine one of my sons at 14 year old as a 14 year old having to deal with something as heavy as that. And that's how young the youngest defendant was, was 14 years old. And his whole life was pretty much taken away from him. All the teenage years were spent behind bars for something that he didn't even know about. So that is just, it's heavy and sad to me. I don't, I don't even know how else to describe it. I feel like those are my main words right now, heavy and sad. So I did want to go um, a little bit off of the notes that I had just in terms of some of the experiences that I have had raising my now 23-year-old son in some ways, how I have seen him be treated um, in a way that you wouldn't want a teenage boy or a young adult that has never done anything to anyone to be treated. And just simply based off the fact that he looks different. So um, like I said, I'm just going to talk about some of my experiences. And what I would love for you guys to do too is to send me voice messages to let me attach to this episode so that people can hear how other people that I know felt about the episode. So I'm just going down my list of notes and I'm just going to talk about some of the experiences that we have had. Um, My son used to work for an entertainment center pretty close to our house, not too far away. And um, he would work outside in the cold. One of his jobs was working outside. His main job was working outside. And in the cold, of course, you know, 
you want to put your hood on the whole hood thing, the whole hood debate that I tell my kids. I mean, especially my, my older son, my younger son is only seven, but I don't like him to wear hoods. It's the silliest thing in the world, because if it's cold outside, someone wants to put on a hood or a hat, but I just don't feel comfortable with him wearing hoods because of all the attachment to hoods for other people, how they look at hoods on black and brown people in such a negative way. So anyway, he was wearing this hood at work and he was going to his car to get something. So while he was there at his car getting something out, someone went in and reported that someone in a, in a hood, and I think he was in his hood from work, his job hood, was breaking into cars and stealing things when in fact he was just at his own car. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he had a hood on, which we've been, like I said, going over the hood debate for so long. And I, I, I feel crazy about it every time I see him in a hood and I ask him not to wear hoods to say not to wear a hood when I see so many people of non-color walking around in hoods all the time and they are not getting bothered for wearing hoods. This is the small stuff that we deal with. Just like the boys were just going through Central Park, even though they were in a big group of people going through Central Park, doesn't necessarily mean that they are attached to any kind of crime. I have seen children of color do the same thing. Walk through my neighborhoods that I live in the suburbs, so there's lots of non-colored people here, lots of white people, walk through neighborhoods in big groups, ride motorcycles up and down the street and they are not of age to ride motorcycles up and down the street. If in fact people of color rode motorcycles up and down the street and made all the noise that the kids around here make, they would be getting the cops called on them all the time. And I just have a problem with the double standard. All kids do things that are not wise. All of them do things that are not wise. Is Was it wise to walk through Central Park in a big group like that? Probably not wise. But at the same time, other kids do things that are not wise all the time. And they are not held to the same standard or looked at in the way of an adult. I feel like after about 13 or 14 years old, it's not even okay for a black boy to have fun or a brown boy to have fun because if they do one thing that is not a wise choice then they could be in big trouble for that for a long time and that's just not really fair to me because they're still kids I'm not a doctor but I know that kids prefrontal cortex is not developed until like of, of age 20 so at 14 you can make one unwise decision and end up losing all of your teenage years in jail just because you look how you look. And and I have a really big problem with that. I really want to um, figure out like what we can do to solve that. And I'm not the first person that's wanted to figure out what to do to solve this. It just sometimes seems like an impossible task for us to be able to do anything about it to be such a uh, hated people. And I even, I'm not even like a person that likes to use the word hate like that, but I feel like to be such a hated people 
all the time. Like everything that we're doing is being judged so sternly and so strictly that we don't have room to make any error. And it's just not okay because everyone makes mistakes. So I, I have a problem with the, the way that our kids are being treated. And I really wish that we could find solutions to that. Recently, um, my mom was telling me that my son didn't have a functioning window on his driver's side, like it didn't roll down. And she told me how like she had been urging him to get that fixed. And then when I found out, when she told me about it, I said, yeah, you have to get that fixed because no police officer is going to wait for you to write a note or tell you, tell him that your window isn't working or, you know, try to open your door. If you try to open that door, you never know what's going to happen. And that feeling like you, you just feel like you, you can't have a minute to write something down or you can't like just hold your hands up and say, my window doesn't work. My window doesn't roll down or whatever. When another person would easily be able to do that and not be judged or killed. I mean, and that, that's the bottom line of what I feel like or killed for not having a functioning window. So it got to the point where me and my mom were telling him that he wasn't going to be able to drive his car at all until he got that fixed. And all of this stuff sounds so silly. Like I can't roll my window down, but if I hold up my hands and say, I can't roll my window down, then that might not be okay for me to do. Something else in my notes that I want to talk about. Oh, the need to always over explain ourselves. Like, I feel like we're guilty until proven innocent. (laughs) Black people, brown people, men and women, both over explaining. Like, I find myself even in situations that I'm not guilty, that don't have anything to do with the police. Say it's just a work situation or another situation. Like, you feel like you have to over explain yourself. Why? Why do I need to over explain myself when I know that I'm telling the truth And when someone else does something, they don't need to over explain themselves. It's just that this is what it is and and that's okay. Or even have the, be able to have a bad day without somebody saying that, oh, you're an angry black woman or an angry black man. Just being able to have an off day. But every other color of people And I don't, I keep saying every other color of people. I need to just say what I'm saying. And I mean, like white people are allowed to have a bad day. They just are allowed to have a bad day. I mean, you know, you can't go into work and have a bad day without somebody thinking that, you know, you are just, for lack of a better term, acting like a B-I-C-T-H. And and that's not right. You know, I remember I recently had a, a couple of like a string of, things happen and I was not having like the best days at work and someone thought that I was mad at them and I mean it's like you could have the same bad day and I don't think you're mad at me I just give you your space and maybe there's something else wrong and that's okay I mean and that should be okay for us to do but I think that it's viewed so differently when we do it and and that just kind of gets under my skin a little bit Um, Let me see what else I wanted to talk about on these notes. Mm. 
So when I was in high school, I knew someone who got blamed for a crime they didn't commit and were guilty in the eyes of the law with no evidence at all just because someone else said that they did it. I don't want to say who that someone is, but I know that someone very well. And they got blamed for something that they didn't do just because another person said that they did it. And the police were after them. Like they had to show up in court for some stuff because somebody else said their name, that they were there and they did it. Again, stuff that's not fair. And and this is what I want to speak to um, in terms of us as being community and being moms of young black and brown children is that we have to believe them. It starts with us. Like we have to start believing our kids in the big and small things. We have to be the ones. We can't make them afraid to come to us. Um, We have to get them to trust us with the really small things so that when it comes to the really big things that they will be able to come for us. Like, for example, um, screaming at your five-year-old about spilling water or peeing in the bed or something like as small as that. It's like we, we begin to put up those walls with them to not make us the safe place. We have to be the safe place because if something is going on out there, you want them to be able to come back and not be afraid to tell you. I, I call it kind of like a, um, almost like a slave mentality sometimes where we feel like we have to control our children. And I, I think that some of it is done out of fear. Like we think that if we like are kind of like browbeating them almost that, that we're whipping them into shape. But sometimes I think it does the opposite of what we're trying to do And we push them further away from us and we don't make our homes or the conversations that we have with them a soft place to land. And I think that's really dangerous for us as a people because we need to be able to talk to each other. And not only like having your child come in and talk to you as a black woman or a black man or a Hispanic woman or Hispanic man, be a soft place to land for other kids that look like you so that they would feel comfortable to come and talk to you. We have a huge responsibility as a people to be that. I work at a high school. I think I've said that several times on here. And um, it's a pretty big high school, so I don't know, like, everybody. I mean, I, I might know the kids that I come in contact with in the classes that I work in, or then some of, like, friends. I have friends that have kids that go to the school that I work at. And... I try to be a person to say that they could come find like if you wanted to talk about something or if you were in trouble and you felt like no one was listening to you. I would want to be that person that they would come to and we just need to do that in the community period. We have to reach out to uh, we have to treat other people's kids like they're our own kids like be that invested in another person's kid that you wouldn't want to see them hurt arrested killed anything because you're that invested in someone else's life it's our responsibility because we're the only ones that are going to do it so we can't be fighting each other we can't be against each other we can't be looking at each other crazy on the streets we have to be the ones who care enough about each other to show up for each other
Because I feel like that is a huge way to change it. Because not only do we have people on the other side of the race that are against us, now we are against each other. And that doesn't help the narrative. So I want us to get to a place where we, we care enough about somebody that isn't even ours. You're not in my family, but you are related to me because I care so deeply for black and brown people. We need to get to that, that point in life. And so um, I wanted to say that we have to stay on our knees for our babies. I, I have so much anxiety surrounding my kids and them being out of my sight. And, and this anxiety comes from real stuff. It's not like, you know, I know that a lot of black parents are overprotective. But it's not, I don't think it comes from a place of we are just like making this up. It comes from the fact that a 14-year-old could go on the street and get arrested and stay in juvenile hall until they're 20 years old. Or however long they can stay there. They could be in jail for a very long time for being on the street alone. So I think a lot of us like don't let our kids do things or don't want them out of our sight or want to be in constant contact with them um, when you don't see other races doing it as much. You know, um, they let their kids probably have a little bit more freedom than we do. But I think that we have a really good reason for not letting our kids go out and have that kind of freedom. I know one of the um, boys in the documentary his dad actually sent him to the park. Instead of hanging out on the corner by their house, he said the park was a safer place to go. So we're, we're trying to find the safe spaces for our kids. And he just was doing what he thought was right, you know, <clears throat> and that forever changed his son's life. So, and another thing that I um, encourage us all to do as black moms is to keep our eyes on our schools. I talk a lot about schools. I work in a school, but I am not really crazy about school. <laughs> uh, a lot of the things that schools are doing are grooming our black and boy, brown kids to be conformers. Um, because I could see a group of other students doing the same exact thing that our students are doing. And it takes twice as long for their name to be called out or twice as long for them to get in trouble for something. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like they are constantly being picked on. I, I keep an eye out for that because I have huge issues with um, how many times my own son's name has been called in the classroom that I've been sitting in when I saw that you clearly could have called four or five other people's names that were doing the exact same thing that he was doing. So sometimes I don't know if um, teachers of other race don't recognize or realize that they're doing that, but it happens. And I'm telling you it happens because I see it myself. I, I get a little um, backlash from people around me about being paranoid about school, but you would be paranoid about school if you were working in a school every day too. You would not be pleased. <laughs> That's what I would tell you to stay um, connected to what's happening in your kids' classrooms because at a certain age, they're not coming home and telling you what's happening, but there's a lot that you would want to know. 
you know, be that person that that pops in or pops up to figure out what's happening in the classrooms, because I, I feel like it's really important that we know. And social media did something for us, you guys. Social media made people believe us a little bit more than they did before. Like, you know, the only thing that's coming to mind right now, because I'm from the Bay Area, is Barbecue Becky. Like, no one would have believed that a white woman called the police on black people for barbecuing in the park. No one would have believed that if we wouldn't have made it to social media. I think a lot of times it was like we were making it up or we were overreacting. That's the thing. Don't overreact. I hate when people say don't overreact. I'm not overreacting. (laughs) It happened. Really happened. So I think that is now causing people to say and see that, oh, wow, really? This really is happening. And if you don't know about Barbecue Becky, if you're not from the Bay Area, or if you never heard about that before, like I said, she called the police on some black people that were barbecuing in the park. She harassed them first and then she called the police. And when the police came, then she played the victim that they were doing all these different things to her or saying all these different things to her when she clearly harassed them in the park for doing nothing, not bothering her, just having barbecue at the park. So... Those types of things have been brought to the light. Where was the school where the girl was taking, the girl or the guy was taking a nap, um, like on the lawn or something? I can't remember right now, but um, somebody bothered her and told her that she couldn't sleep on the grass. A black girl, a white person bothered her and told her that she couldn't sleep there. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like what business is it of yours that I'm doing this right now? feeling like you have to constantly police somebody else because you're in charge now. I'm not really understanding, but it's been going on forever. This is not brand new, but Facebook and Instagram and just taking videos at the site of stuff has shown people how crazy people will act and feel like they can control you and tell you what you need to be doing instead of worrying about what they need to be doing. And it's, it's, it's really crazy. But like I said, that it never would have been believable if people couldn't actually see it. So now that people are seeing it, I think they're like, oh, okay. So they really are kind of being harassed. Yes, we are. Yes, we have been. So, and, um, one of the last things that I wanted to say about, um, the documentary and just about. I keep calling it a documentary. It was a mini series, really, um, just about our families in general is that sending um, our children and our men and our women to jail destroys whole families. In um, episode three, this was shown really good. So if you haven't seen it yet, pay attention to that. But um, how it just destroys an entire family, There's the whole family will suffer due to the system of injustice. Everybody suffers so much guilt um, about the things that the moms weren't able to do because they couldn't afford it or so much guilt because they had their kids signing off on things that they didn't do, admitting to things that they didn't do. And it destroyed complete families. So I really want to see us come together in community. I really want to see us love each other enough to stand up 
for each other. And if enough of us begin to stand up, they're going to have to listen to us. They really will have to listen to us if a bunch of us decide that we're not going to let certain things happen anymore. And I think that we've gotten to that point in time where we have to do this. Number 45 haven't, hasn't made it any better for us. We are going to have to stand together in groups, stop fighting against each other, and say, this is what we want for our families. This is what we want for our communities. This is what we want for our children. And not take no for an answer. It's really coming to that. So I would like to continue the discussion about this over on Facebook and IG. And like I said, I'd like for you guys to also send me some voice messages um, and just tell me how you feel about the mini series. Tell me about an experience that you had or somebody that you know had because everybody has something. I know all y'all out there got something that you could say that happened to somebody because they were black or brown. So I would love to hear about that and I will talk to you all soon. Okay, take care. Hi mamas, I'm here to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to record a podcast and they give everything you need in one place for free. So you could spend that extra money to treat yourself. You can record any episode from your phone or your computer. I've used my phone to create every single episode so far. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it always sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you and it can be easily heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app today at anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. It's the easiest way to record a podcast. Go on and give it a try. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Melanated Mom Podcast. Let's stay connected. Read my blogs over at melanatedmom.com. Stay connected with me on Facebook at melanated-mom, on IG at Melanated Mom Podcast, and my new Twitter account at melanatedmom1. Talk to you soon.